It's just what you've been waiting for. You asked for it, now here it is. The new official Superman T-shirt with the official Superman insignia. Look, the insignia is printed right on the front in bright, washproof colors. It's just like Superman's. And the T-shirt itself is heavy-quality pre-shrunk cotton with taped shoulders and interlocked neckband to prevent sagging and stretching. Think of the fun you'll have with your official Superman T-shirt. And now, here's how you can be the first in your gang to get yours. For each Superman T-shirt you want, send the top from a box of Kellogg Sugar Frosted Flakes and only 50 cents in coin. Be sure to ask Mom to include your exact size, 4, 6, 8, 10, or 12. Send your order direct to Superman T-shirt, Box 320, Battle Creek, Michigan. Or you can use the handy order blank on the back of the package. Don't wait. Get your box of Kellogg Sugar Frosted Flakes and send for your new official Superman T-shirt today. Hello and welcome to the Film and Water Podcast. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and our old friend, David Ace Gutierrez, is back. Hello, David. Hello, Robert. How are you? <laughs> That's an oddly formal intro. I'm doing just fine. Thank you for coming back on the show. Well, you called in with a desperate tone, so I came. Wow, thank you so you much. You sent up that. the signal. I did. I did. Uh, and yes, I answered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah, well, I hate to swell your ego a little, but you're, the shows that you and I have done together, where we're just kind of doing topic shows, are some yeah. of the most popular shows of the podcast. So, you know, take some, enjoy that a little. I do wonder – how can I put this? Um, I'm not sure how it serves my ego that never actually talking about any specific film does well with, with the audience, I guess. But the broad kind of – let's just talk movies tends to do better. I, I mean it, like I like to consider myself an expert on certain, on certain films. Mm-hmm. And if those aren't tracking, <laughs> but my general knowledge is, I don't know what to say about it. I, you know I what think- I mean? People just like to hear you, David. I, I didn't say I that the other so. ones. I didn't say that the other ones weren't popular. Ah, these, okay. these two, the video store one we did, and then the movie theater one we did, were very popular. And so I'm happy to have you back and talk about another random topic. This one's a little more. Speci- <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little more specific, and it, it came up. Basically, the topic is fandom, movie fandom, and and specifically, like what makes you a fan of something. In total, or like, is there a line to where you would say you're a fan yeah. of something? And this is the reason we got even started with this was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as, as everybody knows, David's a huge Trek fan. What's what's the what's the current nomenclature? Trekkie, Trekker? What's the thing? I've heard Trekker, but I just I've, I've heard the Trekkers the PC term, and okay. Trekkie was was the uh, I guess the not so PC term. Okay, but you're okay with Trekkie? You're fine with that? I don't care. Yeah, I love okay. the Trek. All right, right. Huge fan of of Star Trek. And David asked me, am I going to be watching uh, Star Trek Discovery? And I said, no, I didn't have any plans to. I'll probably watch the first one because I know that's airing on broadcast TV. But, you know, the fact that it's the rest of the episodes are going to behind, be behind a paywall and it's a thing I don't already get. And to be honest, it just didn't look all that great to me. And the fact that it's a prequel, which I'm kind of bored with. I was like, no. And then. I just, as we, him and I were talking, it sort of dawned on me that I was like, you know, I haven't, like, I have watched less and less of Trek with each successive in- installment. I've seen every TOS episode multiple times, every, well every movie multiple times, does hundreds of times at this point. Uh, I've seen every episode of TNG. Also well done. Right. But not as many as TOS. 
I saw some of DS9, and I which is a crime. I know everyone says DS9 is is great. It's the best one they've ever done. Right, I've I've seen more than one person say that. Right. So, but I eventually bailed on that. I watched like I think one season of of Voyager, and I was like done. And then I watched (laughs) I watched two episodes of Enterprise, and I just said forget it. And I got reconnected to Trek when they did the reboots. And it sort of dawned on me that it's like, I don't know if I'm so much a fan of Star Trek as I am a fan of the original crew, like those characters. And I'm, I, I never really considered that before, but I, I'm, I am starting to think maybe, yeah, maybe it really isn't Star Trek. And I always thought of myself as a Star Trek fan, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Does, what, does that make me a bad fan that I haven't watched yes. all the – okay. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think you also mentioned this uh, relating to in, your Indiana Jones fandom where it's really right. not – you don't really love the movies, per se. Well, that, well, that's the right. I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but but that that was the other part of this was that a couple of years ago I went to a Indiana Jones marathon, and we're you know I was with my buddy Corey and my buddy Dan, and we we watched all the movies, and I remembered as I watched them, I'm like, you know what, I really don't like Temple of Doom. I just don't like that. It's not a good movie. What? Yeah, I don't like that movie. It's the best and one. Then, uh, stop it. And then I'm like, okay, Last Crusade. Okay, pretty good. Pretty good. I like Last no. Crusade. No. Crystal Skull, terrible. I, just terrible. I mean, please. And then I was like, <laughs> you know what? I've never watched any of the show except for the one that Harrison Ford was in because it was Harrison oh, Ford. Mystery of the Blues where he's in it for like two minutes. Right. That's the yeah. one I watched because I was like, oh, wow, Harrison Ford. I never read any of the novels. The only comics I ever read were the two, first two issues by John Byrne. And it sort of dawned, again, it was like, it was a really crazy moment where I was like, I've always told myself I was an Indiana Jones fan, but I'm like, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm just a Raiders fan. Maybe it's just Raiders. Which is fine. You know, that's perfectly fine. But I mean, like, do you think you would be a bad, are, you're, you're such a, a Trek fan that you're, like, okay, Discovery. Let's go back to Discovery. Like, okay. You're genuinely excited to watch it, right? Yeah, I am. I okay. am. All right. Um, but some of that's colored by, uh... How can I put this? Let's see. I was so jazzed about what happened with um, Beyond, Star Trek Beyond, mm-hmm. that I would – because after watching it Into Darkness, I was ready to say goodbye to, it, okay. <laughs> to, anything, to, anything, new to Star, uh, anything new to Star Trek. I really was. Um, and I thought, you know, it's the same feeling that I got when I saw Spectre. And um, similar to when I saw Spectre in The Force Awakens, where it was kind of like, I think I've had my run, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was good in some places, it wasn't good in others. But maybe it's time to just not give a crap anymore <laughs> about this mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, In the Darkness very, was, was just really... <laughs> secured that for me for Star Trek because it was so terrible. It was the worst Star Trek movie I think I've ever seen. It was it it's worse than that than the original Mary Sue fiction of Star of Star Trek to me. Um, and then with with Force Awakens, the thing that I and my apologies to yourself and Ryan Daly and Chris Franklin and everybody else who's such a big fan on the network. I think what happened was. Not that I have some sort of meta-textual sense to it, but like the death of Han Solo, that's the death of you guys to me. You know what I mean? Like it's – you're handing the keys over to the next kids and just 
maybe it's time to walk away. Mm-hmm. And um, like Spectre had that same like, uh, okay, this ended. And it was fun. Thank you, Daniel Craig. This wasn't the highest note you could have gone out on, but I feel like you're going out on a note. This is a nice, um, a nice epilogue for everything. And uh, good day to you, sir. And maybe James Bond is, maybe that's kind of it for me. Um, but then I saw Beyond. I was really excited to see Beyond. Um, to a le- to a much lesser degree than I was excited to see the uh, J the uh, the original Abrams reboot. Because I was really interested to see what what he was going to do with it. Sure. Although although those previews were very terrible, like when it was uh, when they showed people welding, and all this, all this land based stuff that ends up becoming the Enterprise, just it felt like old school manufacturing. And then, like they just shot something in a Chrysler building, in a Chrysler <laughs> automotive factory, and then they just oh, it's the Enterprise. I thought oh, this is going to be terrible. Like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob Seger played on the hull. I thought this is going to be awful, but um. But it wasn't. But then Beyond did something right. It kind of just it did its own thing. Number one and number two, it um, tried to kind of celebrate the legacy of everything that was happening. But at the same time, it had you know they they addressed through Leonard Nimoy's death as, as Spock and his death. And I thought, well, this is kind of a nice out too. But then Discovery won me back. But so. Uh, you know, it's just I, I, it ebbs and flows with me. I think, but a lot of times I just feel like um, it runs its course, and uh, just in the way that any album, like you have your, I, I, I don't know if people know who know about this about you, but you love Bob Dylan, <laughs> and uh, what a scoop! But there are albums that you probably just dismiss outright. Uh, there are certainly some that I do not pull out to listen right. to uh, ever. Yeah. And there are probably songs on favorite albums that you skip. Occasionally, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make you a crappy fan. I don't think you have to embrace everything to be the ultimate fan. And there's always a weird competition in fandom to me. Like, um, And we saw this a lot when when, uh, our comic culture got mainstreamed. Where we began like quizzing people on first appearances, yeah, oh. crossovers, like uh, like you have to prove yourself or something. You that can't is just nuts. Yeah, you can't just like something. And I do it in musical circles too. I mean, I remember, oh man, like just um, like I had to be the biggest Beatles fan in the room. I had to prove that I knew what was recorded, like what was what was demoed in Rishikesh or something. Like, it, it, <laughs> but it's not important ultimately. Right. You know what I mean? Um. And I think as a lot of it becomes more like, – like when you look at like comic culture or comic book movies, like these are now mainstream movies. There is no niche for it anymore. It's, it's been appropriated by – it's – how can I put this? It's been Cobra Kai'd for me in many sense, in many, in, in many ways where the guys who would have made fun of you for doing this are now running the studios that put it, put it out and pretend to be fans. They just mm-hmm. traded their no fear shirts for a Deadpool shirt. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and here we are. So it, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I mean, and coming, well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm monopolizing here. No, no, no. That's all right. I'm, I, okay. I, I'm... My, I'm a big Highlander fan, right? That first movie generated enough goodwill to make you forget. <laughs> <laughs> to 
<laughs> make you forgive a lot of inferior sequels. That is, see, that is fascinating to me because I'm like, ha- that you love Highlander so much that you're willing to abide by, to in my mind, the rest, of, like literally the rest of it being garbage, all imagine, of it being garbage. <laughs> imagine Highway Highway 61 was the last Dylan album before his 80s period. Right. <laughs> that would be rough. You'd still that love that highway. You'd still love highway, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you'd keep you keep coming back, right? Well, the, see, that's okay. That's the other thing. That that's something I want to talk about is because, like, to me, it's like yes, of course, there there should be no means testing for being a fan, and of course, a lot of that shit started with Except as for a kind concert of, seating. Well, yeah. there, though, there you go. But I mean, a lot of that stuff with comics kind of started, I think, as a misogynist thing, which is yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah, what's, yeah. Well, I don't want this uh, girl here, so unless she could tell me what first issue vision appeared in she's not a fan which is nonsense because like one of the things that it's done one <laughs> that of the things <laughs> number 50, <laughs> avengers number 57 by the way one okay. of the things that, that dawned on me like while we shag and i were doing who's who is that golden like, age or silver that would have been my, my question is, back is that, is that like my comic <laughs> knowledge my comic knowledge pretty much stops in like 1995 which is at this right. point 20 years ago and it's like it dawned to me that it's like if i went to a con and if some nerd wanted to question my bona fides i would fail i would fail i couldn't tell you yeah. the major storylines of what's going on in the land i'd be like i guess i could be like uh civil war uh secret empire uh i don't know so it's like but i mean like i thought that about star wars and it's funny what you said about like at some point giving up on it because that was my fear about force awakens pre-force awakens I was like, okay, if I don't like Force Awakens, I think I'm done with Star Wars. Like, I think I'm just done. I think I know that the Star Wars I like is the Star Wars from the Marvel comics, the three movies, and I'm done. I don't – new Star Wars – now, luckily, I really loved Force Awakens, so I'm reengaged in it. But, sure. but it did worry me that, like, there were six Star Wars movies, and I absolutely loathe half of them. And at what point do you say, well, I'm not really a Star Wars fan, and if I hate half of what they've tried to give me? Can I tell you something? Star Wars fandom drove me away from Star Wars. Interesting. How it, so? It, um, it was too much. Like, uh, I okay, I remember I was working at an animation company when, um, I guess, Clone Wars? What was the second? The um, episode two. Attack the of the Clones. Clone Wars? Was that what it was Attack called? Of the, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. What a great title. Anyway, um, um, no, I love that title, actually. Um, the, um, uh, somebody was talking about, uh, a lawyer at this company was talking about actually filing a, uh, some sort of class action lawsuit against George Lucas that he had harmed this franchise to such a great degree oh that it should be taken away from him like a child, like CPS. You know what I mean? Like CPS coming in and taking it away. And this guy was dead serious. And all I could think about was, it's just a toy company, man. I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. I understand when you were 9 or 10 or 12 or whatever, this might have been the cornerstone of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, this might have been your life's blood or whatever. But you're an adult now. You have a law degree. And this is what you're concerned with. And it was always this, like, fervor and, and anger about these this, and honestly, I'm not a Jedi fan, so I'm going to say this. This, <laughs> this um, these four really shitty movies. Oh, all right, okay, all right. We'll, we'll just move forward. Well, okay. Jedi is not a good movie. It's not a good movie 
anyway, these okay, we can agree that there are three shitty movies, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. I would, yes. I would okay, that's these three terrible movies. You're not owed anything. You pay your money. You, you roll. You, you know, you roll the die. Is it good? Yes, no, maybe, but you're not on anything. You had your two and a half hours. The exchange, you've made this exchange. It's been honored. That's it. Any feelings? That's on you, man. But everyone else just kept like just pressing it and just, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it to the point where I just, I wanted nothing to do with it anymore because it was just, it was this horrible noise in my ear about enjoying something or not enjoying it as the case were. And, and, and as the case was. And uh, I, yeah, it just drove me away. The, the the passion that so many of these fans showed for it, and maybe it's a big, maybe they're just a very vocal minority, but it made me not want to do anything or have anything to do with Star Wars because hmm. yeah. it was just too much. Yeah, there, I listen. I listen to a couple of Star Wars podcasts, and and I I enjoy them because it, they, it's their deep dives into the fandoms. But there's a couple of, of, of people on these shows, most of them guys, that are like, yeah. they're tortured. By how much content there is to consume, and they're literally like saying, "Please, like, hey, Disney books, please don't put out any more Star Wars novels. I can't read them all." And it's a little like, you don't have to read them all. Like, it's yeah. fine. It's it's really okay, you know. And it's funny that you say that about the content because that's really what kind of like I used to collect all Aquaman stuff. I got everything that came out, and the thing that that cured me of that was when Aquaman started getting popular, quote unquote, again. And DC Direct was in full force. Yeah, yes. D- Stop it. And, uh, <laughs> and and DC Direct was like at full steam. And they were like cranking out some high-end Aquaman toy every month. And yeah, I, I remember going to a comic store and picking up like this 12-inch Aquaman doll that they made. And it was like $100. And I remember thinking, what am I doing? You know, like what, you know, and I eventually realized I can't own everything. I don't have the money and I don't have the space. So I just, space is a big one. yeah. And I just let it go. And once I let it go, I stopped caring about any of it. And I don't, I don't mean to say that that's like, that's necessarily something to aim for, but I, I do wonder Apathy. if it's like, <laughs> you know, not caring. I mean, you know, you want, it's okay with, to care about stuff, but it's yeah. like, I do wonder you know, at what point, like I said, it's like, am I still like, okay, when they make Indiana Jones five, right? They're making an Indiana Jones five. Are I they am, really? Yeah, they are. I am not confident it's going to be very good. I just don't What's think. What's he going to look for? Is his AARP card? Yeah, I mean, what... exactly. I mean, I, right. But nevertheless, I will be there. I will absolutely really? be there. Yes. Oh, there is no, which it, again, it's like, it's, um, uh, Diablo Frank has this line about chasing the dragon. You know, where it's like... Well, that's very... Ap- I, yeah, that's... Yeah, well, for him, he would know. But, I mean, it's like you're... But, I mean, you're, you're trying <laughs> bizarre. To, you're trying to replicate that first rush... Yes. ...you felt when you first saw it. And it's like, you kind of can't repeat it a little. You know what I mean? Because you've, you've changed... You can't repeat it a lot. You're, you're yeah. a different person. Circumstance yeah. completely different. Right. I mean, The Force Awakens will never... As much as I enjoyed Force Awakens, and I really did, it will yeah. never mean as much to me as Star Wars did. When I was seven, because I was seven and I had much less in my life. And exactly. So, you know, but I just, it's like, it's weird that when you pointed out that I, about the thing with Discovery, I was like, it's weird that like, I, there's this Star Trek show that I have like no interest in watching. I just don't care. And that's weird to me because a bunch of years ago, I would have been like, yeah, you betcha. What do I have to do to get a new Star Trek show? You know? 
And it's the same way with all the DC superhero shows. Like, I don't watch any of them. None. I don't watch right. Legends of Tomorrow. Like, there's a show on television with the Atom and Firestorm and Hawkwoman. And I'm like, nah. Like, like such a such a weird thing. And I, it, it because challenged. of Firestorm? You're like, forget this. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, like it's, it's weird. Like, like, it dawned on me that, like, okay, Thor like Ragnarok. It. Thor Ragnarok and Justice League are coming out the same month, right? Now, I don't have to make a choice between the two. I'll go see both movies. But if someone said, <laughs> if someone said you can only see one, I would pick Thor over Justice League because to me, Thor looks fun. It looks like it's a movie I genuinely want to see. Well, Justice League is a movie I'm sort of seeing out of obligation because it's like, it's Aquaman. I, I have to go see an Aquaman movie. I'm going to see for my wife. You're going what? Oh, right. To see Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Gutierrez. Uh, but, like, I don't know. It's, I don't. I don't know. I, there is no Get line it? of course, huh? Also, though, these aren't your things necessarily right. anymore. In that, um, if you want to look at, let's look at Indiana Jones, for example, right? That guy, that character, is so embedded. If, how can I put put it? He's most interesting in his original setting, right? Fighting Nazis, trying to uncover things. That when you have to scale it to compete with the age, with, with, I guess to just to make sure that it's matching the age of the actor, you're going into places that are no longer that interesting historically, right? So, what's it going to be in the 70s? <laughs> how, how, how fun is it to treasure hunt in the 70s? How how what's he, unless he's looking for like a cure for crabs or something? He's he's not. <laughs> there's nothing. Inherently mysterious about the 70s. Right, right. He's um, going to punch for, hippies or something. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what he would be. He'd be yelling at people, telling them to, you know, telling a girl to, you know, put her bra back on or something. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's, it just doesn't work sometimes. And I, I think his character of Han Solo served its purpose in two movies. Right. He outlasted his welcome, I think. That's why I was glad to see him go. The fourth time he showed up, because he didn't have a purpose two movies ago. Right. His arc was completed in the first movie. Then they then they give him the romantic subplot in the second, which was fantastic. Because who does who isn't in love with Princess Leia? I get that. Of course, yeah, yeah. But by the time he hit the third one, yeah, he's disinterested too. And guess what? So is everybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, he he is definitely checked out of that movie. There's no <laughs> it, doubt about it. It's it's just one of those things. Like if. There's no reason for some of these characters to continue outside of merchandising. Of right, or whatever. right. They have a, they have a mean, monetary value. They tell, they've told their stories. Like, I love Superman. I love Superman almost as much as I love The Flash. But I've yet to see a consistent strength in these movies. I mean, what are we on? Number nine? Or something? <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know um, which universe right. are we talking about? The, the current? Just in general. Like, so we have the first four movies. Right. There's one and a half good ones in there. Mm. Um, maybe two. In, if, you, if you crib all the good parts of three and four, you have two solid movies. Right. And then after that, Returns, which is – Returns is a movie made for guys like us who – hey, remember that movie we liked so long? So <laughs> <laughs> I will defend that movie, but I also can't argue that that, that was exactly what it was aimed for. <laughs> We're going to try to give it to you again. Exactly the same, only slightly differently. And it's going to fail on every level. And then 
and then it becomes like, like you know what it became with Man of Steel and if like Man of Steel is the last Superman movie I actually Superman 2 was the last Superman movie I needed to see <laughs> but, but um, I don't need to see another Superman movie ever again and I love Superman I was this close to naming my kid Clark mm. okay. but Clark, Clark Gutierrez sounds weird and James it's a much cooler name but um but yeah, you know, it's just fandom's weird because there's this whole. We also are looking at it from, I wouldn't say unique perspective, but just the fact that coming from a comic book background as we do, we we have that collector side of us inside. It, it's already inside of us, right? So there's that whole got you know, I need the run, and I need the run of everything. Right. I need the run the Queen album that's ever come out. I need all the B sides. I need. I need all the stuff I'm never going to revisit again, but, 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 but I need to know that I can look at it because it's there on my shelf and it's, and it's there. Yeah. You know? um, it's, it's, it's really a sickness. Yeah. Well, it's funny we said that again about, about collecting. Cause again, it, it's like similarly to the Aquaman thing, like back when I was just like the internet was just starting up and I was like hunting down Bob Dylan bootlegs, I was buying every Bob Dylan bootleg I could get my hands on. Cause I was like, yeah, I, yeah. Need, I need to have it. And then when I started making regular trips into New York city and I went down to the village to this really great record store that had bootlegs, they had more bootlegs that I could ever buy. And, and after a couple of trips, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I need the 57th live version of Mr. Tambourine man. I think I, I think I could be a little picky. I don't need to own it everything. It plays it in E instead of B sharp. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And <laughs> it's similarly like you're talking about wanting to own everything. Like as I'm sitting here talking to you, I have Dylan's newest album, Triplicate, sitting here on a CD form. And I've listened to it like once or twice all the way through. And I really haven't listened to it since. And it's the idea – you mentioned this earlier about the idea of owing you. And it, I've, I've tried to stress that on Pod Dylan about he doesn't – in, in this case, he doesn't owe anybody anything, you know. Yeah. Like if he wants to just finish out his life, make singing Sinatra covers, that's okay. I, that's not what I want, but that's he doesn't owe me anything anymore. He's entertained me for a lifetime, and I don't. He doesn't owe me a damn thing. And so the idea, you're right. The, the, the thing that gets creepy to me is when fans kind of get like this "we own it" thing, and it's like, well, no, you really don't. I mean, yes. You don't want to feel like you're being told to go F off by the people that are making this thing that you love that you helped turn into a thing. But there's got to be kind of a line, you know, where you're like, you know, it's got to just you got to just let it be under let it be what it is. Otherwise, everybody's just making fanfic at that point. Sure. Which they are now. Right. But uh, um, I think it's because it's such a transitive thing when you have a body of work like a movie that while you're while you can see it within a group. There's like a collective thing. It's sometimes that that informs the way you, or it informs the way one, one can enjoy it or not enjoy it. Right. There's, there's always that X factor in there, but it, it does become something else once it's released and it becomes something that's a part of the audience or that audience member. It's personalized, but yet you're right. It, there, it isn't at the same time. It is not owned by that person. The feelings are sure. So- Sure. Those are yours or theirs, but there's never anything owed. And I, I don't get why, like things are going to suck. Things are going to be good. More things are probably going to be terrible than good, yeah. <laughs> but, but most things are probably going to just 
be somewhere in the middle. You're going to get a Return of the Jedi more often than you're going to get an Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> what? I'm serious. That's true. No, it did. That, that's, a, that's a very eternal truth that you just said there. <laughs> Let's look at, look at one of my precious franchises, right? Star Trek. Um, the first six movies, all relatively amazing to no thanks. <laughs> but, but, uh, but um, you know, you have the tr- you have the Trinity, you have two, three, and four. Right. You have the misstep five. You have the beautiful six. But then you have the one that is closest to its source material, the, the motion picture. Yet that's the one that's the least liked. Mm. Next to five, which is interesting to me that the 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 true like the true um, spirit of everything that was in those first three seasons ends up in the first movie, but nobody wants that apparently. <laughs> <laughs> they want they want the the submarine battle. They want um, the, these cosmic themes of resurrection and and uh, and and. And 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 saving saving the galaxy or the Earth by traveling through time, as opposed to you know existential questions, which is what Star Trek was, and it hasn't been that until you get to Deep Space Nine, which you missed. Um, it's all about human drama and interaction, and but even that kind of eschewed the the original tenets of of, of Rod, Roddenberry's TNG run, which was you know nobody on the crew is is ever involved in a conflict with, with one another. Right. Which is crazy. And by the way, Utopia, boring for drama. It is. That's why that song Imagine that everybody loves from John Lennon, terrible song. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I agree I would, about the Utopia thing. I don't know about Imagine, but but yeah, Utopia. Huh? So you heard it here from a freaking Beatles fan. You are a big Beatles fan, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. I, I agree with that. I mean, the thing with Roddenberry, specifically with Star Trek, and that's that's funny because I've, I've mentioned this on other shows um, a bunch of times, but, like, we I all know the story that. about how Roddenberry, they basically kicked Roddenberry out of Star Trek by giving him a promotion and yeah. kind of kicked him out. And it's like when you go back and you hear those stories about that he was like, I don't want to do this Wrath of Khan thing. I want to do this thing where Kirk and Spock go back in time and kill Kennedy. And you're like, if that had happened... That would have been the end of Star Trek. There would be no more Star Trek after that. That would have been so catastrophically terrible. Right. That the franchise would have ended right there. There would have been no TNG, no DS9, no nothing, no reboot. The Star Trek would have been like Quark. You know, it would have been that thing that like, you know, or Battlestar, even Battlestar Galactica came back. It would have been one of those sci-fi franchise, Logan's Run. There you go. It would have been like a Logan's Run. It would have been like, oh, remember that thing? Yeah. When what happened to that? That was crazy when... When Kirk and Jackie O got it on, yeah, the, right, the exactly. Like while Spock like, took out the yeah, president, it's like that's yeah. just. And so, as a creative person, I'm bothered of the idea that the owner was removed from his creation because I can't, in good conscience, support that. But at the same time, it's like, uh, but he, but he would have ruined it. He would have absolutely ruined it. But at the same time, I don't know. I think like that you guy you're talking about who wanted to sue George Lucas, like. That's absurd. Like I watched that documentary, The People versus George Lucas, and like some oh of the some of the vitriol aimed at George Lucas was just to me so depressing because it's like this guy has given us so much, 
how, like, and I know that even in this very episode, I'm, I crapped on the prequels, but it's like, that's fine. That's like, it's fine that George wanted to make those movies. I didn't like them, but like, I wouldn't wish harm on the guy. Like, you know, like he gave us so much. The fact that he's giving me this thing I don't like, fine, I move on. You know, like you said, you got it. Like you have other things in your life. So it's, I guess, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's even almost like no point to like having this conversation sort of, but it just sort of dawned on no. me that like, <laughs> well, new topic. New topic. Well, we, there, we do have another topic I want to get to. But I mean, it, like I said, it's just amazing to me that like there's going to be a new Star Trek show, and, and I just don't. I just don't care. I just. What don't about word of mouth? Would that change your mind? Like, if you heard by episode three, this is Rathacon level good. It. I, yes, it would. It probably. You would go would. and you would subscribe to all that cbs all access that's it see that's a tough one that's something else too like i hate the notion of paying money for a service for one show like that just eats away at me that feels so wasteful i'm not gonna watch the big bang theory i'm not gonna watch bull i'm not gonna but watch madam watch sheldon i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna watch young sheldon or madam secretary like cbs has nothing else to offer me so that's one of those like do i want to pay five bucks a, i mean five bucks a month is not a lot of money but it's that's like a dollar an episode yeah right so i yeah I don't know because, like, I know every people that I respect, you and Siskoid, you guys go on and on about how great DS9 is, and I still don't watch DS9, even though it's available to me. I think it's on Netflix. Start with season three. What did you say? Start with season three. Start with season three. Okay. See, that's funny. The only episode of DS9 I've gone back to to watch is the Tribbles episode, where they go back to the original series. So it's like, well, that's because hey. yeah, you're just you're just waxing your board. Right. You know what I mean? That's exactly. Did, but do you, you don't? Did you see the Voyager one that goes back to uh, Star no. Trek Six? No, I didn't see. No, I oh. didn't even know that's a thing. Yeah, it's called. I think it's called oh, appropriately. On the Sulu, Cisco talked about. Did you that, know why? I guess he didn't listen to us. But yeah, I, we, yes. No, that's right. I forgot. I forgot he did hear that one. So yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. You get into your Guardian of Forever, Rob, and you go back. And <laughs> no, um, here's what you know. The thing about fandom that the fandom changed for me too when I started working in the entertainment industry at various levels at various jobs, because I saw what the struggle, the real struggle was to get something mediocre. <laughs> yeah. On the, oh yeah. And, and, um, cause everything fails at every level. Like uh, a guy has a bad day. He writes a bad line. The actor hates that. They, it just, it just keeps going on and on. Then you get notes from the network or whomever you're answering to, um, that these are, this isn't what we want. So, it's at every level, everything is a struggle and a fight to some extent or to some degree just to produce anything. Like it's, it's, it is literally a birthing process. It's, you are shoving something out every time. And sometimes you, you know, you're doing it on a deadline cause you got to make 22 episodes or in a lot of, in the, in the case of features now, somebody's already set up a, a date for the movie that hasn't right. even been yet. So everything's just being, shoved and it's all in excel spreadsheet or something <laughs> you're just you're just checking the boxes that everything happens by by a certain date so the fact that you get anything is amazing the fact that you get anything amazing is miraculous that's true um but besides kind of a side story it's not really with film fandom but with fandom in and of itself when i was working i'm gonna name drop i know you hate this but when i was working for danny bilson and paul DeMeo, um it was around the time that they started working on the Flash um, comic series starring Bart Allen or featuring Bart Allen. This was not something that they wanted to do necessarily was use Bart Allen, but this was the character that they were given. 
So this is this is what they were writing. We, and I mean me and them, because I handle a lot of their correspondence, um, got so much vitriol, or saw so much vitriol over the fact that this other character was being chosen. And I'm not saying it was the best written book. It it had a lot of problems. But it was almost as though somebody, it was always phrased in such a way that somebody would go back into these people's flashes collections, tear up all their Wally West right, right. comics, somehow expel all the memories they had of this great run from their minds, and then here's Bart Allen, and this is all the flash you're getting. This is all you. This is all you need. This is all you deserve. All that other history is gone now because there's this one book. And I just and I repeatedly wrote people back when I was working with them, saying, "You don't have to buy it. Wow. You don't need anything with the lightning bolt on it. You can choose." If the and I said, "Trust me, if Bart Allen is not your is not your thing, I'm sure something's going to happen in five or so years where you're going to get another Flash because that's just how it goes with the Flash." And of course, that is exactly what happened. Well, yeah, they ended up. The reason, one of the reasons Danny and Paul left the book, well, never mind. But anyway, but they, um, you know, the, the decision was made to kill Bart. And then so Wally West was coming back. And yeah, all these people got their wish within, I don't know, a year, less, less than two years' time, I guess. And then they got the other guy, they got Barry back, which is, I don't know who really wanted that, but, but it happened. Um, it, it just, it was just like like all these people felt betrayed by these executive decisions that are then executed by people who don't make these decisions, who are just trying to make a living, and they're like being drawn and quartered over because the fandom isn't agreeing with it. Right. But you have that choice. You're do- vote with your wallet. You don't like it? Don't go. Don't see it. Don't buy it. Don't listen to it. But you're never owed anything beyond that exchange, I think. If you get something wonderful out of it, then great. Everyone succeeded. Everyone's a winner. If you don't, I don't know what to tell you. Try again next time. Try it with something else. Or maybe we'll try again and we'll try we'll try harder next time. Hmm. Yeah. You just you disagree? You're, hmm. No, I no, I agree completely. I mean, I you know, there are people who will be more critical kind of like of our podcast and stuff and you know, I always want the shows to be Who, who talks bad about exactly. my episodes or the ones with, no, with Ryan? Not your, episodes, your episodes are perfect. But, I mean, Ryan. there are people who will, will be very quick to write me and let me know exactly what's wrong <laughs> with my shows. And I know what, <laughs> wonderful. I know what's wrong with my shows. You know how I know? Because I'm the one doing them. You know, yep. I know I am I am completely familiar with all the deficits. That you my, got my emails. That my exactly, <laughs> and and you know, I mean, I, again, for some people that are just trying to make it better, and I can appreciate that. Like if they say, "Oh, you know, it would have been great if you mentioned this thing or whatever," but it, yeah. there there is something where I want to just say to some of these people, "Do you know how hard I work just doing these? Like just like I'm using right now, I'm using up time, part of my weekend to do this, and it's partly because I have the need to do it. I have a need to be creative in this in this manner, but it's like." I'm trying so hard just to get these done and sorry it doesn't meet your expectations, but Jiminy Christmas, you know, it's like I'm doing my best over here. And so, yeah, but like my bar for complaining to me is very high, very, very high. It's like, have you seen that tweet? Again, this, isn't, <laughs> this is not about movies, but it's related. Have you seen that tweet that's going around? People screenshot it where it's some Nimrod 
who took a is talking about Squirrel Girl, the new Squirrel Girl book, and he's like, "This is what we're fighting against. It's garbage like this that we're forced to buy, and which is why the people that want to buy, yeah, they're right. It's like stuff like this is the, the audience for crap like this is why we have to get rid of these people, and you're like forced to buy, people. forced to buy. What do you? It's a comic book that's not aimed at you. Why? That's the other thing. Like when, like when there's a derivative property. Like when, do you remember when everything was being Muppet babied? Oh, sure. Like, um, or to some extent, like, uh, like you know, Lego Star Wars is not for the, shouldn't be for the forty-five-year-old guy who grew up with it in the seventies yeah, right. and eighties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it doesn't belong to anybody anymore, and that's fine. Or it belongs to everyone, I guess. Um. You know, I, I think I've told this story, maybe I have before. I know I told it to Michael Bailey, but I don't know if I told it to you. Um, do you, you know, I used to work at Disney around the time that um, the uh, star, the uh, Marvel um, acquisition happened, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. So I'm – and there's a Star Wars element to this too. I'll tell you the Star Wars story first. So um, I was working on a site that was revamping – Start that was part of the re, Star Tours revamp, and this was before Lucasfilm was purchased by um, Disney. Uh, anyway, so we got all these all these decks and all this artwork showing us um, what what was going to be on the ride. And uh, this guy Gary, this fantastic artist Gary Tolentino, and I were next to each other, and they're showing us pictures of Hoth. And then I immediately raised my hand and said, "Sorry, when's this set?" And they said it's between it's it's between the prequels and episode one or episode four, and I said, "Why are you showing Hoth?" And they said, "Well, it's one of the attractions." I'm like, "How is this an attraction?" Hoth one, not attractive. Two, you're not going to see Hoth for a few years. There's no. Why would there be an why would there be a rebel or an empire presence on Hoth when, according to the can I actually heard my I heard the words coming out of my mouth, and I wanted to punch. <laughs> According to canon, um, this isn't going to happen until after A New Hope. And then they just said, well, it's happening. And I said, well, maybe you guys got to redo all this stuff. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because, you know, you shouldn't even be really showing. I mean, maybe Yavin's going to fit in. I turned to Gary and I said, maybe Yavin, right? I mean, that makes sense. But not Hoth. Not Hoth. Show Mustafar. Show all these other things we've seen before. I don't even know about the, you know, maybe don't do Dagobah, maybe don't do the the Forest Moon of Endor, because we're not supposed to see those yet. And then they said, everybody's seen them. It doesn't matter. This is what we're doing. Oh, man. And I was like, all right, all right. And then I really wanted to blow my gasket when somebody said, when does the Enterprise show up? And I (laughs) on the table. And I thought, my Enterprise would never be caught down. (laughs) My Enterprise. (laughs) But um, you know, I, I Gary calmed me down. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, so these are the way these decisions are made. You know what I mean? There's not so whenever something's like for the fans, I always know that's like with a wink. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's not. It's just I think probably to just curtail any uh, any online negative buzz that can maybe prove somewhat harmful. And then when I remember when I was at. Um, Around that time, when when the Marvel stuff was starting to get folded into 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 Disney more, um, they would just refer to it as like the the boys the, the new the new acquisitions for the boys um, IPs or the new IP acquisitions for the boys line. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they needed something to counter the princess stuff because Disney was losing. Disney's audience at the time was really just, especially .com and um, some of the other parts of it, were just mothers and daughters up to a certain age. So they were losing the tweens, they were losing the teens, and they didn't have any, none of the boys' stuff was really hitting. So they bought, so they, you know, they make these deals and they buy all these characters. So these things that are really my childhood are really just points on the stock market to them. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, I was in my late twenties or early thirties, but that's kind of what shook me out of a lot of it was like, none of this matters to anyone. You know, these are just IPs. These are not anything more than things to be exploited. Mm. Your underoos, those might have been the greatest adventures you ever had. <laughs> just, that's, that's just a line item on a sheet that they sold underoos to someone in El Paso. Yeah, we're right. We, we moved 100 units of the Batman yeah. underoos, yeah. So the happy place is somewhere in between, I think. Or you just look at you know, you, or you look at it and you live it through out through your kids again or something, I guess. But it, it's it's or nephew or niece. But I I just mean it's these were the wake up calls that really sent it. It's really sent the message home that these are just properties to people. Um, these are just the things that get moved around. Sometimes you get something great, and sometimes you don't. And that's kind of how I've grown to. Maybe it's a cynical, really cynical point of view, but that's kind of what's happened to. The, that's how things have transformed for me. I don't. I don't know if I would call it cynical. I don't think it's cynical. I. I. You know. I mean. It's. It's. Look. It's. Again. It's great to care about stuff. You know. I mean. I don't think you go. You get anywhere in life being like I don't care about anything. But I. There. There is a get point where up. you can hold on to something too tightly. You yeah. Know? And then it. Then it becomes kind of. You know. I mean, like I said, if I. If I had walked out of Force Awakens really disappointed, I would have said, "Okay, well, you know, all right, that was the end of that." You know, I have my, I have my Star Wars to enjoy, and the, this other Star Wars is made for and by people that I'm not. It just doesn't work for me, and that's fine. And I feel the same way about these current DC movies. You know, I'm just like, it feels weird to me that there's an Aquaman movie that I'm probably not gonna like. You know, because I'm just like, there. This is some version that it just doesn't have any relation to me. But I've been through that before. Whether it's the Peter David Aquaman or some other, you know, there's iterations of this. This thing is not meant to be. You know, it's not meant for everybody in perpetuity. And I, and he like said, you know, and, and maybe on some level, that's like a, um, it's it's an arrested development thing. You know, like you don't oh, yeah. wanna, you don't want to you don't want to admit that you're aging and you're getting like you know, well, I remember when it was good. Well, but that was also thirty years ago. You know right. what I mean? Like everything was good. Uh, right. I mean, right. The star, I, I thought the Star Wars holiday special was good when I was a kid. You know, I mean, I didn't know. And then you watch it later and you're like, oh, okay, I, I get it. So, yeah, I guess there is no, there just is no being a fan of anything that, where you can draw a straight line. There just isn't. Because like I said, I still call myself an Indiana Jones fan, even though it dawns on me that it really is one movie. It's Are you older than Indy's been in all the movies you saw as a kid at this point? I guess so. Yeah. I would See, that's so. when I feel weird when I'm older than the guy. Yeah. Like, um... When I saw Batman Begins, he turned 29 in that. And I thought, right. I'm, I think I was maybe around that age or 30. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm older than Batman. Or I'm yeah, about yeah to. That's, a weird, that's a weird thought. And, yeah. and why am I liking it? It's like it, uh, it, <laughs> it's no longer aspirational. You know what I mean? Or, or, uh, yeah. Or, yeah, that ship has like, sailed. I'm not going to be Batman at this point. Yeah, it, it's, it's sad. I'm, I'm Alfred. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> um, or Commissioner Gordon. No, it's it, and I think because you know a lot. I think a lot of fandom stems from place like the viewer will place themselves into oh, that. Sure, sure. Thing. So when you are older than Indiana Jones, and you know, like if he swung like that, his shoulder would be, you know, he'd pull his shoulder, his, his arm out of his socket. And I know I'd be feeling that for the next six weeks whenever I woke up. Right, right. That's when that it's 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 a weird thing. Like there's a guy at a. Um, how would you feel about being? Let's say we take this twenty years from now. You're you're in your sixties, I guess, and and you're in line. Darling Tracy sitting this one out. You're the one guy in line for the new Star Wars for like Star Wars eighteen. <laughs> okay. Do you feel weird about that? Because you're 60 now. You've outlived Tarkin. You've outlived <laughs> everyone in that first movie is gone. But you're still, you're, would you feel weird about that? No, I don't think I would. I really, really? don't think I would. I don't think I would. I, I, I mean, I, my dad goes to these movies. I take them. I mean, yeah, so. but you're not taking anyone. You're the one guy. It's just Rob. It's well, Rob. okay. I mean, you know, I, no, I don't think I would. I think I'd be all right with it. Again, I think if I was, I think if I was walking out of the movie, uh, you know, with my uh, built-in, uh, the built-in phone in my skull, which we'll have by then. You yeah. know, and I was immediately, you know, sending out messages like saying, "Oh, that was the worst sequel." You know, I'm talking like the comic book guy. Then I'd feel weird, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think I. I think I'd hope I'd be able to appreciate it on a different level. Like I just, you know, I think I. I again, I don't feel like it doesn't have to appeal to me because it's. I'm not the target audience anymore. It has to appeal to. Like I love. I love that. I love when a, a studio or a company, whoever owns a property, finds a way to kind of turn the the the, the hardcore fandom like almost against itself, like. Disney put out those YouTube shorts featuring all the female characters of Star Wars. And oh, yeah, yeah. they A, didn't, yeah, whatever, I forget what they were called, Force of the Power of the Four, whatever they were called, it doesn't matter. But I'm like, first of all, I thought they were really terrific. I went and watched them, I thought they were really well done. But A, they didn't put girl in the title, because that way they didn't scare away the boys. But but they they made they made bones, they made specific effort to say, these are canon. And that way, if you're like a hardcore nerd, you have to watch them. And I love that they did that because normally the, 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 the small pocket of Star Wars misogynists that are like, oh, Ray's a Mary Sue, they're not going to watch them because they're like, I don't want to see a Princess Leia short. I don't want to see a Padme short because those are girls. I don't care about girls. But no, no, no. They're canon. You're going to miss some of the story, dun, dun, some, dun. Of the, some of the saga. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I got to watch them. So I, I love that Disney kind of did that. It kind of turned those guys in on themselves, which I really enjoyed because they should have them. I think it's great. I like if there were, if there's little girls out there that feel the same way about Ray that I felt about Han Solo. That's fantastic. That's oh, I wonderful. Feel about Luke. You feel about Luke, right? You've told me that you're not even so much a Star Wars guy as you are a Luke guy. Right? I'm a Luke fan. I'm a fan of Luke. I love right. Luke Skywalker. I don't get why everyone's all into Han. Okay. I don't. I don't. It, it's it's yeah. He's got nothing. Uh, he's a jerk. You know. He I shot a will. guy. He assassinated a dude. He was a smartass. <laughs> he had a cool dog and a cool car. That was that's why I like Hansel. Yeah. Chewbacca's a dog. Well, in this in this dynamic, he's basically this. a dog. Is like, he smart? He's, like a, he's a dog that is like your best buddy that can like shoot people and def- punch punch out your <laughs> punch people out that, 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 that turn on you. That's awesome. 
I can never get a beat on how smart that character is supposed to be because he's he can fix the ship, but then Han's yelling at him like, "No, that goes there. This goes here." <laughs> like you're in, like, "No, moron!" I, but yet you repair this thing all the time. You put a droid back together badly, but you still it. managed. He still did it, yeah. With but, pause yeah. too. He managed to do all that technical work. He doesn't have pause. the fingers. Yeah, my dog can't but, do any of that stuff. She's smart, but uh, that's smart. You got to work on that. But uh, but the, the the hardest thing about fandom, I think, is when it blinds you to bad. To bad things, <laughs> you know what I mean. To um, well, one when it won't allow for the expansion of something like you're like you're saying, like if you, if your fandom is so um, is so, yeah, that I you know I I will only like episodes four, five, and six or whatever, and that's fine, that's fine, and that's I think that's probably most people's happy place, right? Um, yeah, of a certain age anyway. And then, uh, yeah. So if, if, but then let's look, let's look at our Superman movies, for example. You love Superman Returns. I don't love it. I say I, I like it a lot. I think it's a deeply flawed movie that has a lot going on for it, and I I'm willing to defend it because I think it's a lot better than its reputation suggests. Let's put it that way. But I know it's a deeply flawed movie. If it wasn't Superman, if it was Hancock Part Two or something. <laughs> oh God. Do. You, you think you'd be as as no, uh, not remotely. That's my point. Right. That's my point. Sometimes you got to take the thing out that you love and then look at it, but that's impossible to do a lot of the times, and that's when fandom makes you dumb, or it just it makes it not a dumb. That's that's unfair. It makes you stop using your stop being critical, or and you're just running on emotions at that point, which is something that I, as a Vulcan, strive not to do. Right. It's almost probably yes. It's almost propaganda at that point when you're just like, yeah. no, this thing. And that, that's terrible whether it's the arts or politics or anything, you know, where it's like, no, this thing is perfect and it can never be wrong. And, you know, that's not – or even if you're dealing with, you know, relationships or people, you know. I mean, it's like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's lots of stuff that I love that I know that people are like, what? You know, like, I mean, there's – you know, like uh, there's, a, there's a Bob Dylan movie that he made that's four hours long. That you think if you're a Dylan fan that you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna luxuriate in this thing. But like, you know, I watched it. I was like, I couldn't make heads or tails of that. And so I never need to see Magical Mystery Tour ever again. Right there, you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, you know. it is weird. Like, if you want, to, let's look at Aliens, right? And I guess you could look at the Prometheus as an extension of that. There is far more terrible than good in this entire, I don't know, library or collection and even if you want to drag the predator stuff into that too there's there, there's what 75 percent crap yeah way more but yeah there's two good aliens movies out of like the 10 half. out of like the 10 they've made there's like two really good look at but this it, i love three i love really? a lot of the elements of three like like i think it's as you said deeply flawed but visually i think it's great i think i i, I think it was like if it had six more months, that would have been it. It would have been the classic, just like the other two. I completely but, disagree with that, but okay, that's all right. We'll, we'll move no, on. that's fine. But that, but no, this is fine. But then Alien Four, terrible. Right? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, uh, Covenant, awful. Prometheus, just dribble, dribble. Stupid. Uh, stupid. Covenant is to me stupid. Covenant is is um, what like uh like um. Rob, not you, Rob, but like Rob Dylan does Dylan's greatest hits. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean. Like, right, like it's right. like some guys really trying here. Um, 
to it to replicate everything, but it's it's now working. Uh, it 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 yeah. So I, I I love Alien is still one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Agreed. Alien two, Aliens I love, but I don't hold it as in as high a regard as I do the first one, or as I think a lot of other people do. Okay. Um, but then, or even let's look at The Exorcist. Yeah, I've seen all six movies. There's only three Exorcist movies. No, five. there's four. There's four. Oh, are there's you five. counting that? You're counting the one twice because it's two different movies. It is two different movies. Okay. They all have right. it, two very different. The demon possesses two diff, a different person in, in those in each okay. of those movies. So there's technically five movies and a TV series at this point. Right. Well, I'm not going to count the TV, but um, because I haven't seen it, I can't say. Well, you're not a fan. Then. Thank you. Okay, but I do own three. I do own two versions of of of, uh, of, uh, of Exorcist three. So doesn't that balance? <laughs> but, uh, mm. Like one and three, I love both versions of three. I love, uh, but two is awful, and the prequels are terrible. I don't care what Paul Schrader says about studio interference or or uh, lack of budget. It's just a bad movie. They're bad movies. Rennie Harlan couldn't save it either so it was there's a lot of bad in that but those but one in three man they have hitched a wagon to some magic on those two hmm. i have to watch exorcist three sometime you keep talking about it and i i trust your opinion that i um i've never watch seen it, it so yeah i'll watch it with tracy that's a good idea don't, you know what don't, don't. you don't no, no, don't no. watch don't watch it with tracy no, no. if you want to see it don't watch it with her. Okay. Well, see, you know what? She's going to be away for a couple of days. Maybe that's the perfect time to, to watch it. Uh, the, you know what? Now that you're mentioning this, there was another topic that we were talking about covering, and I think that's a very short topic. So why don't we move into that? Because I think we can. It's a natural segue. Okay. To talk about this a little because I think this is very brief. We can't do a whole show on it. Yeah. But what is your feeling about these? This new rash of sequels that are skipping installments that are just saying that never happened. Oh. Where yeah. are you on that? Well, I'm fine with it because as a Highlander fan, that's what <laughs> happened throughout the five movies. Right. Highlander 2 takes one into, is, is a direct sequel to one. It's not very good, but whatever. Highlander 3 skips Highlander 2, kind of remakes <laughs> Highlander 1, but it's still a sequel to Highlander 1. You need a goddamn flowchart for these movies. Yeah. Highlander 4 is a sequel to the TV, TV show, <laughs> which, which um, takes into – which incorporates Highlander 1, but diminishes the, the strength of the ending of 1 because it's one in a number of battles, not the final battle. Okay. Uh, so for Highlander 4, and then Highlander 5, the source, is a continuation of Highlander 4. So that ignores three, like kind of ignores two movies and then incorporates the third. I mean the first movie into itself. So it's, I'm used to it. And I'm fine with it because you shouldn't, as Marv, Marv Wolfman, your friend Marv Wolfman, wasn't he the one who said, Marv Wolfman, like, forget canon because it ties you not only to the best story, but to the worst story? Wow. Like, well, I never heard that. That's, that's, a, that's terrific. Yeah. I, maybe I'm giving him more credit. But it seems like something he would say as the it's, guy who – It's a very you know, pithy turn of phrase. Destroyed entire earth. numbers are well. That, that's funny that you say that because that reminds me of the thing Marv Wolfman said to Shag when when Shag met him at a comic con and he talked about that we were doing a Husu podcast and Marv Wolfman was like, "Wow, what a tremendous waste of time!" Because wow. it's like it, this oh, is man. this is all 
Well, I think he, I think he meant it in a joking way, but it was sort of like you're talking about a handbook for a universe that no longer exists, and it was sort of well, like. Well, I mean, well, I mean, again, I, I wasn't there. We have to shag. Yeah. I, I always took it at that he was joking. That he was like, "Wow, like that's funny that you would spend all this time that we that we almost DC, you know, spent untold hours co- compiling a encyclopedia for <laughs> a universe that we just ripped up a minute later." And yeah. it's, you know, it's like, yeah, it's it's funny when you go and you watch, listen back to those Who's Who episodes. You're like, we're all talking about something that like is not even ongoing anymore. But uh, so you're but getting back, not getting off subjects. So you're okay with the skipping installments. You're you're fine with it because I know it doesn't. It it none of it's true. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, and it's just if you can skip. Okay, Superman Returns. That's what it's called, right? Superman Lives. Superman, Superman Returns. Superman Returns. What Superman lives? There, there. That was the one that uh, Kevin Smith was going to do, and Tim Burton yes. then was going to do, and never went anywhere. Okay. Superman Returns ignores three and four, right? And kind of yes. really, I don't even know if that really. It sort of ignores one and two, but only accepts the Donner two or something like that. It, Whatever. Yeah. It, um, if you really, I don't know how much it lines up even with two exactly, but it certainly. One, it certainly is it right. Follows one. Yeah. Somehow everyone got younger, even though it's set five years later. <laughs> but, right. but um, it, you know, it's fine because if it makes the story work, it's going to make the story work. Star, Star Trek ignored tons of crap from the, from um, from the series, you know, and just went on its own way. Uh, they met um. Original Enterprise had met uh, um, Cochran, Zephram Cochran. Oh, that's right. Who was a very, was a very different Zephram Cochran that was that was encountered in First Contact, right. and that's fine because none of it happened. Right. It's all story, right. right? And if you could get a good story, then so be it. Um, I know we keep talking about comics, but hey, listen, if if Bruce Wayne has a brother all of a sudden, and it makes for a good yarn, great, go. Go on. Well, that's, that's great. The, that's Bob Haney then. That's yeah, that's what you're talking about yeah, there. Bob yeah. Haney. Yeah. If if there was all of a sudden a dude who was born in Themyscira who Wonder Woman fights in the next movie that nobody knew about, okay. Does it make the most sense? Well, maybe not, but let's see let's see if you can make sense out of it. Hmm. I'm fine with I'm fine with things ignoring the the bad. I mean I mean that's what we want to do in life. You know, <laughs> Why not do it in a movie? I don't think everything – because then you're tied to like random decisions that were made that were – okay, Highlander 1 has an ending. They kept forcing sequels. You know, that's fine. Star Wars had an ending. Mm-hmm. There, it wasn't supposed to go on. And if it was, you're going to get Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which is really just like a side story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had, it, there's no – continuation of everything and Darth Vader is kind of played for a chump in that too it's fine it's fine I'm fine with it you do you mind it well it's kind of funny I can see both sides of it because to me it's like if you if you're saying we're, we're going to make alien Neil Blomkamp and for example yeah. which is now not going to happen because Ridley Scott has just Thanks, big-footed, big-footed him yeah big time but like you know to me it's like if you're saying I'm only going to make I'm going to make alien five but it's only going to be a sequel to alien one and two like that to me feels like fan service. You're sort of saying, "All right, fans, everybody hates these other movies, so I'm going to skip them." But at the same time, it's like you know what? 
you have to do what you think creatively makes the most sense to Daniel Blanca. And so, like, what made me think of this was the news that there's going to be another Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis, and it's apparently going to only... As Laurie Strode? As Laurie Strode. And it's it's only going to basically exist in the universe of Halloween 1 and 2. They didn't even mention H2O, which he is in. Whoa. It's like... I, I don't know not whether the killer masks. I don't know whether they're ignoring. No, well, that one's that's totally out of context. That's not has nothing to do with anything. Halloween three. How dare they? But like, it's funny to think that like you know that's there's another franchise that like ninety percent of it is garbage. Like the first <laughs> the first Halloween movie is a classic. Two is kind of just like a generic slasher movie. Three is really interesting because it's so bonkers nuts, but it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Yeah. And then like the nineteen Halloween sequels after that are pure shit. They're just garbage. They're like 90 minutes of footage and they just stop filming when they got to 90. And they're just stop, in the middle of a line, just stop it. Just stop talking. Just, you know, we're going to run credits. That's it. So it's like I completely i am okay with the idea of a filmmaker saying, I'm not, not going to make a sequel to Halloween 9. Right. F that. I want to make a sequel to Halloween. You know, and so I didn't used to be as, as much for it because I felt like it was cheating. To me, it's like, look, you have to make if you're making another installment, you have to talk about what came before. But now I am more like you, where I'm like, you know what? It's just fiction. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. If you love Halloween, if you love Alien 4, you think Alien Resurrection is great. First, you're wrong. But if you do, even if you love it, it doesn't erase your Blu-ray of it. You can still. Right. That's my entire point. Yeah. You st- Pick your, and choose, you, man. Yeah. Your Blu-ray of, of Halloween 6 still exists, if it ever existed in the first place. But if you have it. It exists and it's fine. The same way that the Aquaman comics that I read from the 70s that I love don't have any less import just because that Aquaman is not the Aquaman that's running around in the comics now and is not going to be running around in the movie. It doesn't make me feel any less about those comics because that's, they're not oh, uh, the Aquaman. So. Yeah, I think it's – listen, and I get it because there's that investment somebody's made if, if Christopher Reeve is your Superman. Right. Right. As he is for many people our age, I would say. Yep. And you just, like, you're into this, you're into this, you're into this. It's, it's one, two, three, four. Uh, Brandon Routh comes back in an homage movie, I guess. But then, yeah, where do you, where, where do you sit? Because this is telling you to ignore so much of what you maybe liked or didn't like. But it's part of it all, right? And now here comes this other thing that says, no, we got to wipe the slate clean partially. That's why I think a reboot is better than in some ways, better than a continuation of just, like, some point in continuity. Because then you just go on from whenever you want to. I think uh, the, the Abrams Star Trek did a really smart and interesting thing by incorporating the past. Uh, very, and I start, thought it was very clever. Very, and um, starting. what's that, like, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's like a, I don't know, just very delicate and, and you know, like, just classy of a way of incorporating the classic version of Trek, but also charting its own course. Right. Right. Because you know, and like you, I'm a bigger fan. I think I found that I'm a much bigger fan of those, of of my big seven, you know, those, that original crew. Right. Than I am of these new guys who are, who are doing a great job, but it's not, these aren't my guys. And who really? Right, you know these aren't these aren't the these aren't them, and it's it's a it's a good facsimile, but it's not it's not them. But I'm not right. going to let that stop me from enjoying the movie. 
but it is what kept me from enjoying any part of Into Darkness because as a fan, when they did that con switch where and and they they try to do a thing where spoiler alert Kirk dies and Spock is so torn up about it the difference is they had what like three movie years together yeah and the real con (laughs) I put the real con con prime or whatever the real con the real con when, when Spock prime died in Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, there were decades of emotional investment in that. Right. And that's why that death worked, and the new one felt hollow and like a shitty knockoff. Because of my fan, my fandom didn't allow me to appreciate anything that Into Darkness offered, because to me it was like parody. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I can see that. Absolutely. Um, my fandom is also what kind of kept me from enjoying Watchmen, the movie, because I really love that book. I really love the 12 comics. But the, the movie was such, to me, such a soulless paint-by-numbers job. Every feeling that I had, just, it, did, it didn't hit me the way that I think it could have maybe, if I never read the book and wasn't a fan of how I felt about the book. Because every time I was watching the movie, I thought, well, you're just trying to do the book. You're just trying to do the book. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, but sadly, that would have been the complaint if he went the other way, right? That's true, yeah. I'll do the book. Book's perfect. Yeah. Do the book. There was it's all storyboarded out for you, Zachy. There was, <laughs> there was a, a tweet uh, that I saw just today, actually, where someone was talking about a Neil Gaiman book, I think Good Omens. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. making a movie out of it, I guess, and somebody was like, I have no faith that this movie's going to be any good. Can't they just leave the book alone? And Neil Gaiman retweeted it and said, they did leave the book alone. I guarantee you the book still exists. <laughs> you know? And I thought that's, you know, yeah, it's 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 still fine. I mean, you know, I, we should wrap up here, but I mean, yeah, I think about the, yeah. like, you know, my favorite book is The Razor's Edge. They've done two movies of it. Neither one was, is really, like, the exact movie I'd want to see, but it doesn't make the book any less powerful for me when I read it. You know, the book is still the book. So Let me ask, oh, well, let me ask you this. Has there been, then, something that's come along and ignored a piece of continuity or a movie in the franchise that didn't work for you? Say that again? Like, um, you, you know, that is just because, you know, the new thing is just ignoring something that's come before and then setting the movie in that place mm-hmm. and then going. Is there something that hasn't worked out for you that's done that? That's ignored the continuity? Yeah. Did its own thing, but you thought this isn't working either. Oh, man, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, geez, I'd have to really think about that. I can't. I I, had... <laughs> what? What? I thought you might have been. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't. It, it. It's weird to me that they said that there are just so much like that alien. There's aliens and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all that. You know, like it, it does feel a little weird to me that like my generation is stomping all over like current creativity because it's like we got to give other things a chance to grow you know like there needs like there's harry potter that's the only thing i can think of that's of that scale that has managed to carve 
a place in the pop culture for itself. But it's like, God, if, if the rest of this old stuff won't go away, when are you ever going to get anything new? You know, and that new generations deserve their own entertainment. You know, the way that and, you know, the way that, you know, my dad, of you know, not that he was particularly engaged in this stuff, but my dad's generation, you know, had like Tarzan and the Phantom and Dick Tracy yeah. and, you know, Green Hornet. And that stuff went away. That stuff eventually just petered out. And Green Hornet's not a thing anymore, really, or whatever. Or Tarzan. Nah, there's a movie, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, you sometimes it's like the, those gifts you see where it's like, hey, this year there's a new Jurassic Park movie, a new Aliens movie, a new Star Wars movie. What year is it? And you're like, yeah, you know, it's like, is this 1997 again? There's all these franchises are back. So, yeah, I'm much more okay with the skipping of things than I used to be. And I will go see the new Halloween movie. You know, like if it looks good, I'll be like, okay, I'll give this a shot. I like, I, you know, I like this universe, even though, again, nine of the ten movies are total garbage or whatever. So, okay. Do you mind the, like, the tonal shifts in the franchise? Like, um, let's look at Batman, right? The uh, 89... Uh, oh man, yeah. And, I, I mean, cause that. Sorry, what are you gonna say? Well, those. I mean, those. I don't. They're mind. all in the same universe, right? Because oh, they have yeah. the same Alfred and the yeah, same. Yeah. I'm taking that Alfred and Gordon, same guys. Yeah, they are. They are all the same universe. Yeah, I mean, I hate Batman and Robin because I just think it's it's just an awful movie. It's just an awful. That's awful number four. Movie. Yeah, that's the fourth one. Yeah. Um, but at least I don't know. Yeah, I, I that movie was. See, it was funny. I'd be much more okay with the Batman and Robin now than I was back then because I felt like we, we, I felt, I hate to, about to say we because if, I hate, it's like when people say, we won the game. You didn't win the game. You didn't play it. Yeah, anything. I hate that too. Uh, but, but at the same time, I felt like that, that comic fans fought so hard for Batman to not just be a joke that when they finally made the Burton movie, it felt like a victory. Like, we finally did it. We finally got... And then we got Batman, murdering Batman. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then Batman and Robin just dragged it right back to the jokey crap. And I was like, damn it, we, you know, like, but nowadays we have so much more room for there to be multiple Batman. Like, I went to Lego Batman and loved every minute of it. It's, all, it's a big gag, but I loved it. That is a giant joke. That's why I love that movie, because it, yeah. it, it doesn't take itself seriously. It is weird, though, like, um, because for a brief point in time, Batman, the Nolan Batman, existed at the same time that Brave and the Bold Batman did. It did, that's right, yeah. And, and Lego Batman to some extent. Not the movie we saw, but I think he was right. just making appearances here. And, the, and stuff like that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You had this grim and gritty character who had no sense of humor <laughs> whatsoever to us, uh, who was the straight man in the straightest world that there ever was. To the guy who's still the straight man, but, you know, Superman's, like, saying, chess me, bro, and, and, and he's still, like, Batman. And then you have the Batman smiling, and I'm talking about the Brave and the Bold Batman. Which I smiling. love. I love that show to death. Right. Because it's, it's joyous, yes. and everyone realizes, I think, well, the kids don't realize it, but, like, adults realize, like, yeah, this guy's kind of a joke sometimes, isn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't take yourself seriously all the time if this is your mission in life, right? If it's all – but it's – I. so I think that there's some room for all this stuff at the same time, and nobody – and and it's funny, though, that, that you're right, though. If you had done that move 20 years earlier, it would have been met with such derision. Oh. Because how can these th these three competing continuities exist? Yeah, 
And yet, you yourself are a fan of competing continuities when you love the movie, when you love the TV show MASH, you love the TV show After MASH, and you kind of like Traffic John MD. <laughs> And none of these things make sense together. No, yeah, none of that. Yeah, there's the movie mash. The, yeah, yeah. If it's if it's good, you just sort of. I guess ultimately, if it's good, you accept it. And if it's not good, you find reasons not to like it. But it's got to be good. And you know, it's as long, and as long as it's good, it's fine. It doesn't really matter at that point. So. And then you know, everyone's happy because Batman. Oh, the, the X Men movies are doing this ignoring thing, right? Oh my God, the X Men movies. Ugh. Yeah, those are those are baffling. The timelines of those movies, and yeah, at a certain point, you're like, ah, who, who cares? Just give me an X Men adventure. That's fine. I don't even care. I didn't like the last one. And what's weird is when they, because now they're jumping decades, right? And the, the, yeah, I think the, so. the, the weird thing was, so you have Havoc in the '60s, and he's like, let's say 20, and there's no Scott yet that they show. Then they go to the '70s, and Scott's in high school, so you can kind of guess that Scott was maybe six or seven, which. But by the way, Havoc has to age appropriately. Oh, Havoc has to age along with him. No, I take it back. Havoc's not even in the 70s one. He's in the 80s one. So there's tw- there's maybe 20 years that has passed between X-Men First Class and then the Apocalypse one. And Cyclops is somewhere in there as a teenager. So Havoc's like old enough to maybe be Cyclops' dad. But is his older brother. I'm so they lost. they do this weird stuff with it, and then I think what the Logan no Days of Future Past negates X Men Three right? I think so. I don't. And know. then that becomes that, that timeline that ties him back to X Men One, but you don't know what's been erased. But you know, <laughs> you know everyone's been around. But you know that Professor X has been around since the sixties. Uh, yeah. Uh. And then Logan is like tomorrow, maybe. But, but who cares? Because Logan's awesome, right? Yeah, and much. Else is, yeah. Who cares? X Men Two is good. Logan's awesome. I'll take them both. Yeah. First Class is great. I don't care that it's set in the '60s. It makes more sense then. Yeah, that's true. Topic done. All right. I think we're perfect. done. I think we're done here. I think we've 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 more than exhausted this topic. Uh, franchise franchise love bad. It's okay. To, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, as Pat Oswalt said, I just love the stuff I love, okay? <laughs> it's pretty much it. So, Well, uh, David, thank you so much for coming on. I always enjoy talking to you, which is why we're sort of doing these things regularly, or somewhat regularly, these sort of just random talks. And so uh, thank you for, for coming back on, man. I, I always have, have fun. Um, I think I've been on your show more times than I've been on the show with Shag, and we co-hosted a podcast at this point. It's awkward. That's awkward. awkward. I, I don't even know if he and I are still friends. I say that I say that every day. <laughs> about me and Jack, not me and you. Oh yeah, no, you well, and I are solid. So okay, cool. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you so. Can I much. plug some stuff? Yeah, sure. Go ahead, plug. Some. I was about to ask. Oh. You, go, go, plug some stuff. Yes. Um, let's see. When's this coming out? Uh, this for if you're listening to this, people, as you're listening on the day it comes out, and you should. It is uh, September twenty seventh, Wednesday. Okay. Um. So I just did an article for Emmys.com where I interviewed Jessica Beale about the, the sinner. She talked about you nonstop. We had 15 minutes, and eight of it was about you, Rob. Um, awesome. She kept coming back to you. Um, and uh, Can you blame her? That's Yeah, wow. It's been a slow time for me because that's all I got. That's a pretty big thing, though. 
Yeah. Oh, and um, oh, and Bobby Mort, who was on the show a long time ago, has a show, Louder Milk, coming out in October. So I encourage everyone to set their DVRs for that. That's going to be on the AT&T network, whatever that's called. Applause, I think. So okay. please support Louder Milk. All right. Good for him. I love talking about it. i got to have him back on. He was a lot I don't of know if he'll do your show now. He's, you know, he's the executive producer of the show. Oh, okay. He's busy. All right. Co-creator. Oh, la-di-da. So, okay. All right. Well, uh, again, thanks. Uh, and what, what's your Twitter handle as well? Uh, at DM, David as in Yes, and David M. Michael Gutierrez, G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-Z. And uh, if you if you look for Pam Greer, she follows me too, so you can. It's <laughs> very exciting. She follows uh, us both. What? She follows both of us. Yes, she does. She's a fan. She's a fan. Doctor Pam. Yeah, oh, I love Doctor Pam. Oh, I love Pam Greer. If you're listening to this, Miss Greer, please come on the show. Uh, so, okay, everybody. Well, thanks so much for listening. Of course, you can find back episodes of this show and all our other shows on the network site, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. And we're always talking movies and stuff over on the Twitter feed, which is at Film and Water Pod. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next week, that's a wrap. Oh, you're going to say it? <laughs> all that matters is that the fans of the show liked it. Last night's It Seen Scratchy was, without a doubt, the worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Hey, I know it wasn't great, but what right do you have to complain? As a loyal viewer, I feel they owe me. What? They've given you thousands of hours of entertainment for free. What could they possibly owe you? I mean, if anything, you owe them. Worst episode ever.